It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Pre. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez. And today was a very busy day on the uh, on the free agent market. The free agency opened up today. Uh, the Panthers lost all of their pending UFAs uh, and also were either unable or unwilling to facilitate anything uh, with Patrick Hornquist. We'll get into that a little bit later. But the Panthers did make some interesting depth signings. Uh, Giroux, Marchment, Sherratt, all gone. One of those I'm very happy about. Uh, two of those I'm a little happy about, actually. Giroux I'm happy about given the term, uh, or given the terms of his contract, not just like the years. But Sherratt got a big deal in Detroit that is hilarious. Uh, and Marchment secured the bag. Good for him. A buyout proof bag. Ooh, good for him. Yeah. That is There's a lot that, of signs. That is a contract. Stuff. That is that Mason Marchman. I'm gonna stake a claim right now. Three years from now, Mason Marchman is going to be a deadline rental for someone because I don't think Dallas is gonna be good for that long. I don't know. That's an interesting team. That's true. They do have Jason Robertson and Miro Haskin in. And uh, Rupe Hints. And it all depends when they're big contracts when their big contracts are coming off the books, but this is not Dallas Stars Central. TJ, they also have Ryan Suter. You've got a a good point, Alex, so why don't I jump into it? Uh, Marchman, four by four and a half. Giroux, three by six and a half. Sherratt, four by 4.75, whatever. I mean, I don't think that there was ever any real interest from the Panthers to keep him. I mean, there was some obligatory interest alluded to by guys like Pierre Lebrun, but I think that was more just out of politeness. And, you know... when you look at it, if the what LeBron said about the Panthers offering Giroux one by one and not anything more to stay, you really have to think that either they gauged what the price would be to move Hornquist and decided that it wasn't worth paying. It was just too rich. And I mean, they are pretty much out of draft picks, so it would have had to have been prospects nonsense they have a second next year that's true but the maybe it was prospects and they they like their prospects too much or 
you know, like Jake said, they just want to keep him around. They value what he brings. They want to do right by him as George Richards alluded to earlier in the spaces. And if you were able to do any of those things, even if you were able to buy him out, I think that that creates space where the difference between his buyout hit, which is about 1.8 million and what he was making, which is 5.3 million is the average annual value that I think that Marchment would have signed with if he was staying with the Panthers. I think it would have taken a discount, a $1 million AAV discount and a one year less term to stay in Florida. I, I think I, that's pretty purely conjecture. There is nothing that backs that up. I want to say that I, I think that Giroux was was prepared to take less than what he signed for to stay in Florida as well, just for the, the sake of saying it. Well, remember the tax the tax purposes alone, Panthers could have offered something in the five and a half million dollar range, and it would have been pretty much exactly what Giroux got in uh, Ottawa in terms of actual dollars in his pocket. Nothing can replace signing at home, though. I. If that was the case, there never would have been a rumor of him being willing and wanting to stay in South Florida. Sure, it would have been. I, I think it's safe to say that there were two options on the table for Giroux. Right, but if what TJ is saying is true from LeBron, that the Panthers only offered $1 million, that's an easy fucking decision for Claude Giroux. That's yeah. honestly an insulting offer from it the is. Panthers. It is. Totally, but it's what You're, they could afford but you're willing to pay a fourth liner, Patrick Hornquist, 5.3, but Claude fucking Giroux, an all-star, $1 million? That's a slap in the face. Here's the thing that just makes me so confused. Let's go to the trade deadline where Bill Zito's like, we've got the core to win right now. Let's spend two first-round picks to try to win this year. The season ends. They didn't win. Bill Zito's like, all right, Andrew Burnett is not the right guy. We need to bring in a coach in his mid-60s, Paul Maurice, who has all the experience that we need to get over the hump. And then Emily Kaplan writes in ESPN and reiterated it today on The Point, Florida thinks that they're not as close as it looked. They, they thought that all these overtime wins were inflating their record and – they, they just want to be conservative and, you know, sign around the edges. Okay, well, why did you get rid of Andrew Burnett then? Why did you get rid of two first-round picks at the deadline? Are you admitting that you messed up, that you were wrong? I just don't understand. She came down in a bubble, dog. What are you talking about? Am I wrong? Are you going to sit there and tell me that I'm wrong? Uh. I will quote memes this entire podcast if well, I have am, to. Am I, am I not reading this right? Like, it, it just seems like the plan is so scatterbrained. Like, they, you're, you're they, did they the do a with... full course correction after Maurice was hired? Like, what the heck is going on? I'm just as confused as everyone else is at this point. Like, they're not wrong in the sense that, yeah, they're not. They weren't a 120-point team because they did – you know, they did have a lot of comfort behind wins. They did have an almost perfect record in three on three, but that's also because they were by far the most talented team on the ice every night. I mean, yeah. yeah like if you look at all the predictive metrics, they were the number one five on five score venue, adjusted Corsi team in the league. They were one of the best expected goals teams in the league. I don't understand this idea that they were smoke and mirrors. 
there are a lot of questions that need to be answered after this offseason that really shouldn't need to be answered. The Panthers created more questions over the past three days that didn't need to be answered. You mean asked or? No, they created these questions that didn't need to be asked and didn't like, they created problems that weren't problems five days ago. You kept Patrick Hornquist for what? Because he's good in the room for 5.3 million? Or as George alluded to, that part of getting him to wave his NPC out of Pittsburgh was that you would do right by him in Florida. Okay. They could have done right by him by buying him out. That's Letting not doing go back, any- yeah. That's not doing anything wrong. He gets paid two-thirds of his money and gets to go wherever he wants. He can go back to Pittsburgh for $1 million if he, if he, if he pleases. Mm-hmm. There's no explanation why they value Patrick fucking Hornquist over Claude Giroux. I wonder which one of the three of us said that over the last couple of podcasts. You <clears> did. Do you and- want to do this whole thing where I can say I think Giroux's signing in Ottawa? Like, I told you so about that. You can it's say I good. told Look, you yeah, so. Yeah, TJ, we both have I told you so's in this. We do. We're not so wrong. it rubs out. Let's let's let Alex talk. Okay. Or we can both just rub it in Alex's face that he wasn't right about anything. <laughs> okay, but I'm right that it's the wrong decision. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. That's it my is. point. It is. But like at the same time, I think it's like it, it, it can be defensible. But only in a world where you don't trade away this year's first round pick and fire your coach to bring in a coach in his mid-60s because you're so close and you need an experienced coach to get over the hump. And now all of a sudden you want to be conservative and you care more about doing right by players than trying to win. Exactly. Well, that's great. Like ask Andrew Burnett whether or not he thought the organization was more concerned with doing right by people or trying to win. I doubt he's saying. They're just going to do right by everybody. They did right by me. No, they didn't. He didn't feel that way at all. You went went all in on mortgaging the future and then stopped. And it's like, okay, hey, we're going to bring in Nick Cousins. We're going to bring in And also you don't have a first-round pick. You don't have a first-round pick to even benefit from not going all in. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a very interesting day in Pantherland. Well, the Panthers are – hold on. The Panthers are still a good team. I'm sorry to cut you off, Chicken. The Panthers are still a good team. They're still a playoff team today. But they folded today. They didn't do shit today. Uh, hot take: They're gonna go into next into opening night next year better than they were opening night last year. No, I don't think you can say that because Duclair's out. Fair. Yes. As far as on paper, the roster on paper as it stands, all you're doing is subtracting Claude Giroux. Well, like if you look at the team, last year's team pre Claude Giroux. And this year's team post Claude Giroux, you only added. I mean, well, it depends. Are you going to be able to get more out of Colin White slash Nick Cousins slash uh, Eric Stahl than you got out of Mason Marchment? Eric Stahl. Look, I we talked all season about how great Marchment was. Defensively, he has a history of being a great player. Offensively, he could have been a flash in the pan. We'll see. He already got he already got his money now with Dallas, so whatever why can't colin white do what marchman did why can't no you can't you can say why can't he because i wouldn't bet that colin white will repeat what marchman did but i also I mean, wouldn't if, have if you bet want to that make marchman that argument done what marchman did if you want to make that argument why aren't you like at the trade deadline going like 
yeah, Claude Giroux's great, but why don't we get, you know, I don't know, Andre Kasha? Because why can't Andre Kasha do what, what Claude Giroux can do? Well, I'm always in favor of getting Andre Kasha. Other than his bones being made of glass, I love him. I mean, look, I don't want to relitigate going all in at the deadline. I think going no, all that in, was a good decision. No matter how you, no matter ben how Ben Sherratt was a bad decision. Sherratt was a bad move. Brett Kulak would have been a much fucking but going better all in was a good idea. Yes, I, I I will never abide by trading two first round picks for two rentals. That's just how I feel. I will. I disagree know with that you. you guys feel differently, and that's no, fine. I I just I don't disagree. I thought Claude Giroux was the rare occasion where trading a first-round pick for a rental made sense because it's Claude fucking Giroux. But, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of the first-round picks that you see get dealt at the deadline, like, those teams end up regretting it. Yeah, all but one team ends up regretting it. Well, but even – okay. But if everything played out the way it played out and we're still here and Claude Giroux is an Ottawa center and the Ben Sherratt deal never happens, do you regret the Claude Giroux trade? My no, answer no. is no, not at no. all. You don't regret the Claude Giroux trade even in the wake of Ben Sherratt. Right, but what I'm saying is, would we be as angry today if they didn't do both Sherratt and Giroux in the answer? I'm not angry. Not a chance. Um, I'm, I'm just angry. outright not angry. <laughs> I'm angry that they went all in, gave up the future, and then packed it in and played it safe today. Yeah, it's it's exasperating. Like, I, I know I just kind of lost my temper, and, like, I don't really need to read. They're still a good hockey myself. team. They're still a top team. They're still top three team. They're the going to finish top three yes. in the division. Yes, they are. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet this on season that, top four. is a weird season. Top four for sure. I would bet. Come on. They're not worse than Boston. They're not worse than Ottawa. They're not worse than Detroit, Montreal, or Buffalo. They're not better yeah. enough that like injury luck couldn't propel Boston over them. Maybe. Okay, but injury luck can doom any team. Look at. Look at uh, injury. There, there is not enough injury luck in the world that will make Ottawa better than Florida next year. That's different. Disagree, because you know if if Huberto and Markov. This is not a worthwhile conversation. Moving on. (laughs) Awkward transition. Point. My point being that like this. This is a weird year. This this coming season is weird. Because Barkov's extension kicks in, because the worst of Yandel's buyout is hitting, this is a year where you should play it a little conservative, and then next year you go back to going for it. But, I, you know, on the other hand, you have Huberto for 5.9, and then he expires. You have Uyghur at 3.5, and then he expires. Are the conditions really that much more favorable next year? I wouldn't say so. Yes, because and Yandel, also Spencer Knight handles off the books. Anton Lundell. The Spencer Knight extension is not going to be that significant. It's really not. I agree. Lundell's I, got another year, also. Lundell's got two more years. Remember, yeah, no, I mean another year beyond. Yeah, yeah, beyond this coming season. It's not like he and Knight are expiring together at the end of this year. Yeah, that was my bad. For some reason, I thought that was the case. So Knight's not going to command a huge deal. Huberto and. Getting Hornquist and Yandel off the books gives you the money for Huberto, and if you want Uyghur. It yeah, all like depends. What's the, what's the net gain there, though? Like, I don't think it's going to be particularly significant. Well, the uh, net gain uh, is that the cap is that the cap is going to increase again by a million. Remember, we have like two, or, two or maybe three more years of this incremental cap, and it hurts, man. Like, this is the worst time ever for a flat cap era as a Panthers fan because it's like we're finally good, and the cap's not going up enough. So the Panthers, you know, can keep their, well, let me, let me backtrack because everyone else found a way to keep their guys that they wanted. 
Everyone else found a way to clear money. Vegas fucking cleared money. Yeah, Everyone but they got rid of Max Pacioretty. Okay, but they still cleared the money. They still did what had to be done while, the, while Bill Zito just sat and said, well, I, I need to pay Hornquist 5.3. There, you, can, you cannot come up with an argument that makes that okay to me. You cannot do it. I agree, but it's just, it's just different because Giroux wasn't a part of the core that was first place in the league when he came in right. at the deadline. They were first place without him. And that's what I mean when I say that the team going into opening night this year is better than the team going into opening night last year. I, I agree. With respect to Anthony Duclair's injury. I agree. I'm just saying the Panthers are still in a situation where that, you know, are they, are they a cup contender as currently built? Yes. Could they have done more to make themselves better? Yes. I don't know why you didn't do that. The team I agree. values Hornquist. That's, that's it. right that's or wrong. It. The team values Hornquist. All right. I, I uh, know this is your stance. We'll, we'll, we will never know the truth, or maybe like it will take 20 years. But we, there's we just disagree. no other explanation. Yeah, no, no. That is the explanation. It's if just you done. don't value Hornquist and no one is offering you anything for him, then you buy him out. The fact that Hornquist is still a Panther means that the team values what he brings. Period. Right. That's the answer. I just can't disagree with it more. I am with you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, is there anything else we need to say about the guys who are no longer here? No. Just to, to wrap it up, Nolachari, 1.125 to oh, yeah, Blues. Um, we still don't know the terms, but um, Nudavara is going to the Sharks. Who am I forgetting? I think there was a few other guys that left. No word on Joe Thornton. Noah Juleson. <laughs> Noah Juleson no, was been there. Yeah, um, he's been gone. I know. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, Thornton, Thornton's gone. Like, the Panthers are done. Like, George said it. The Panthers are done. They, they have no more roster space. They have no more cap space. They can sign him to a two-way deal and just keep him in the minors. I mean, that would never happen. You don't do that to Joe Thornton. I mean, it can work. I'll just put it that way. Robert Haig, we don't know. He's not coming back, though. No, he, we don't. Uh, we don't, don't be care. surprised if he ends up back overseas. Same with Patera Lindbaum. Patera, uh, Robert Haig was not overseas, though. He's been North, in North America this whole time. Yeah, it isn't. But yeah, he could he could end up back overseas, though. I wouldn't be super right. shocked. Yeah, uh, so those, oh. we'll, we'll talk about some other guys that are connected to the Panthers that signed contracts or, or were moved in other ways. But yeah, that's that's where we are. Real quick on Achari, just because you gotta you gotta do it for the meme. It's kind of funny that two of the most like impactful players from that Blues Bruins playoff series are now on are now teams. Blues because you had well it's, it's not two of the most impactful players, two of the most memorable oh, yeah. players. You had the trip, yeah, on Achari. The, the, the classic Bruins treat. Achari's Achari's trip, unbelievable. Bruins scored, unbelievable. <laughs> And then you have the uh, oh geez, who's the defenseman that's on the Tory Krug? Yeah, the Tory Krug play without a helmet, skating across ice, and just laying out someone on the Blues. And both of those guys are Blues now. Like the two most memorable plays from that Stanley Cup final. Both players, you know, have switched teams, so that's kind of funny. Let's talk Colin Wilson. One year, Colin 1. White. Colin White. One year, one point two. He's still a RFA after. It's basically mimicking the Duclair move where you're hoping a guy who didn't work in Ottawa can find his game with a much better roster. Yeah. I'm, and it reminds me more of uh, Sam Bennett in that he's a first round pick 
that has not lived up to the draft pedigree and, you know, was just stuck in a Canadian market that like didn't know what to do with him, and now is getting a chance to thrive in Florida. And, you know, this could turn out to be an amazing signing. You know, it's a, it's a very low risk. Uh, if he's waived because he sucks, he'll only cost 75,000 against the cap, which is basically nothing. And if he's good, you have RFA rights. You can retain him. Yeah. I think I have a better comparison. Alex Wenberg. I don't think it's Alex Wenberg, though, because he has this, RFA rights. Well, but what I'm saying is it's a guy who got signed to a big deal because he had an offensive performance. His offensive game fell off a cliff, got bought out, and then comes to the Panthers on a one-year show-me deal. It is like that, I guess, but we, we don't need to spend too much time getting lost in the comparisons. But I, mean, okay. I, I started the game, so I will take yeah. the blame for that. Uh, I don't really know if there's too much else to say about it. I mean – this was the kind of guy that they needed to sign to make all of this make sense. And thank God they did it. I mean, there was maybe a couple of other guys that would have preferred Danton Heinen, maybe Sonny Milano, maybe. And there's still a way that these guys can end up in Florida this year. I mean, neither of them have signed with a team, so we'll see. George but, keeps uh, saying the Panthers are done. I mean, George also didn't say any of the guys that signed today. So I, I, I think well, there he might thought, be a shroud of secrecy over the Zito re- regime. Well, it's just more of they don't have the space because they don't seems to not be planning on using Duclair's cap space. I just want to share a very They're funny over the tweet cap that right has now, nothing so to do with that the Panthers. That is not the case. Oh, excuse me. So the image is LeBron, the LeBron and J.R. Smith thing from the finals a few years ago. Yeah, that one. Uh and the caption is Zegris after he lacrosse passes the puck to Strom, but he shoots it into the 300s. Oh. <laughs> oh, geez. That's a very good tweet. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this is a uh, tricky one. Nick Cousins signed a two-year, $1.1 million deal. And uh, we'll start by talking about Nick Cousins, the hockey player. And to talk about that, Nick, Nick Cousins makes sense for this team. Yep. He is a good defensive forward in the vein of Colton Sevier before he kind of fell off and he's not going to score a lot, but at the same time, like you don't necessarily need him to score. He can sort of be another Ryan Lomberg, maybe a, like a rich man's Ryan Lomberg for you. Don't disrespect playoff overtime goal scorer Ryan Lomberg like that. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's a solid signing. It's a solid bottom six signing. Yeah, I, I'm 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 pretty happy with Nick Cousins, the hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's talk about Nick Cousins, the let's just say troubled person. Or, a troubled, a troubled he, he had a troubling incident. Yes. Back when he was a prospect for the right. Flyers. Yeah. So when he was 19 years old and playing in the OHL for Sault Ste. Marie, which is it's kind of confusing that it didn't end up in Toronto. You know what I mean? He, along with two of his teammates, were charged with sexual assault of, quote, a female known to them, according to the Sault Ste. Marie police. The charges ended up getting dropped. So we have no real way of knowing, you know, what the merit was to this. But at the same time, like, this is this is problematic that you have a player that has this weighing over them. And there's also some sort of incident where he had like a, a burner account, sort of like the Sixers GM, the Colangelo guy. That one I don't know as much about, but I've heard. I have not heard anything about that, but depending on what he tweeted from the burner account, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. 
Yeah. I mean, now the sexual assault charge, there is definitely something wrong with that. Yeah. And disclaimer, look, he wasn't found guilty. Maybe it was just a big misunderstanding. I'm not going to throw around like, oh, he did this thing 10 years ago. You know, he's a monster. That's that's a stupid way to think about it. But I also think it's a stupid way to think about it that like, oh, the charges were dropped. He's he's fine. You know, no problem. It's it's very tricky. And I don't want to make this a podcast about when some, you know, sexual assault. That's not my intention. Nick Cousins and Colin White have remarkably similar rap charts. That's interesting. Yeah, in terms of the sexual assault thing, I'm not trying to brush aside that it was 10 years ago. All, all you can do is say you hope he's learned from whatever that instant, incident or was. Or you hope that since the charges were dropped that nothing was ever right there, that there was nothing to it in the first place. That's what you really hope. Yeah. The secondary hope is that he learned from whatever happened because yeah. that still implies that he did something to learn from. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm simply just trying to take the point of view where it's like, instead of hoping nothing happened, which obviously we all hope nothing happens, but that also implies someone lied for the charges to happen. True. I'm not trying to accuse anyone of making up anything. So it, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to play the safe card and say, Hey, whatever happened, I hope he learned from, and, you know, isn't putting himself in that kind of situation before and anymore. I mean, who knows, maybe he's married with a, with a daughter that, you know, whatever he did hopes would never happen to his daughter. And, So it was, it was announced concurrently, or at least like leaked concurrently from Bob McKenzie, that the Panthers have signed Mark Stahl, veteran defenseman, to a one-year league minimum $750,000 a year contract. And his brother, Eric Stahl, is coming in on a PTO. Very interesting. I'm very confused by this. Why? Because Mark Stahl is a terrible hockey player. Oh, well, yeah, Mark Stahl sucks. I've been and... banging the drum for Eric Stahl for a couple of years, though. I'm actually really happy. So have I. I think we were all in agreement. I think it was two years ago, the COVID year, where we all wanted Eric Stahl to be the deadline acquisition to be that fourth line center. But I hated Eric Stahl for almost 20 years because he is a diving son of a bitch. (laughs) And what makes it even more confusing is I desperately wanted the Panthers to draft Eric Stahl just because he had the same last name as Gunnar Stahl from the Mighty Ducks movies. Because remember, the Panthers passed. You are such a simp for the Mighty Ducks. I love those movies. They were movies when I was a kid, man. Come on. I know. I mean, we can start talking about my, uh, my love for Thomas the Tank Engine as well, which I just found out recently was canceled, and I am devastated. Please don't tell me you named your son after. <laughs> no, I did not. Okay, we good. Just really, we actually just really liked the name, like, my brother mentioned it as a joke because of that. And my wife was like, you know, I kind of like the name Thomas. And I was like, yeah, Thomas is actually a really good name. So no, it wasn't after Thomas the Tank Engine, but it is a happy coincidence that I'm okay with. Do, do, I mean, for the record. Do, 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 do. I think Mark Stahl actually kind of had a bounce back here last year in Detroit to at least suggest that like he's not a complete tire fire and like could be a serviceable seventh defenseman i just don't see it at his age i I need to get this in jacob i greatly appreciate you humming the og theme song and not the new shit oh i didn't even know there was a new one there is only one thomas the tank engine theme song to me thank you and it happens to mash up 
extremely well with 50 cent with a lot yeah <laughs> with a lot of rap songs with a it's lot so of if you haven't looked up thomas the tank engine mashups the og is the tommy set i'm sorry 50 cent uh, thomas the tank engine birthday mashup that one is amazing but yeah you need to do that it, it it'll change your life where were we the stall brothers yeah eric stall i mean that that looks to be the new joe thornton role where the guy who's going to come in play you know 20 30 games teach anton lundell how to be a shutdown center yeah I, eric stall was not with. a shutdown center eric stall was a scorer either way i'm fine with eric stall was extremely good defensively are you sure you're not thinking of jordan stall relatively Maybe it's more recently that Eric Stahl became an offense-only player. I mean, that does happen sometimes. Uh, well, that's usually that what ha- well, that's usually what happens. Either guys become defense-only or offense-only as they come older because they just don't have the stamina. Yeah, Stahl's, Stahl's 14 to 17 Rapham chart looks a lot like Barkov's current Rapham chart. So uh, his last Ooh, NHL never mind, season, though. He... three points in 21 NHL games. Yeah, uh, I take it back. Stahl kind of has a history of being – very not good defensively he had a few good years and that must have been when i was actually paying attention to him anyway uh the points weren't weren't flowing the last time he was in the nhl uh three points in 21 games in the regular season eight points in 21 games in the playoffs somehow uh in the ahl last year in iowa five points in four games in the olympics four points in five games two of those were against china though so don't know really what to make of it but like you said if it's if it's a joe thornton type of thing where he only plays you know break glass in case of emergency what's the harm i mean that seems to be the case here he could just be going to the ahl because remember he spent a significant amount of his career in carolina he's not gonna play in the ahl he did last year Eric Stahl played – that must have been only to get ready for the Olympics, though. It was, but I mean – Yeah, okay. no, it very specifically was. And he probably was only playing home games or some shit like that. I mean, maybe he does that with Charlotte. Yeah, that, I could see that happening. Like, if if the Charlotte is on a road trip, he call, gets called up to the Panthers, and if they're at home, he'll play there. Or he just stays home. doesn't have to go with them. Yeah, either um, way. Either way. Yeah. I mean, Mark Stahl, if he's your seventh defenseman, fine. He's bench. He's another bencher out that you didn't have to pay a first round pick for. So, whatever. That's if you get anything out of Eric Stahl, having to pay his brother Mark Stahl seven hundred fifty k to be your seventh defenseman is worth it. All right, uh, a couple of depth signings that we're not really going to dive into, but like a few cursory notes. Uh, Alex Lyon, two way contract, uh, three hundred ten thousand at the AHL level. 410,000 guaranteed, you know, we, whatever we talked about that. Yeah. He, he's your new uh, starter in Charlotte. He's a good number three goalie. Yes. Which that was, was something that, was that the a, Panthers that was were good, missing last season. A very good pickup. And I mean, he, I think he played on the checkers at one point. He played against the checkers. I know he's been yeah. in Philly's system his whole he's career. Suspended he? for two games in the upcoming AHL season for giving a double bird after they won the Calder cup with uh, Chicago. Lion was with Carolina's system, mm-hmm. but, but in Chicago, yeah. So now he gets to not go since the checkers have been not their AHL team. That they're they're going to go for it next year, I think. Oh, Charlotte, yeah, good for them. I agree, Alex. Any notes on Lion? Cool. Yeah, if he's playing NHL games, oh shit. I mean, he'll. Well, it really just means that one of our goalies is injured. You could, you could. Well, that's why I said upgrade playing. on JJ. 
big upgrade on JJ. Oh, but, huge. Yeah. And that'll help, I think, because, you know, Bobrovsky had to play such a big stretch and, you know, it wasn't his best stretch. Anyway, uh, Anthony Potato also signs a two-way deal. Not sure about the money there. It's kind of confusing because the Panthers aren't really hurting for D-men. It really seemed like they needed to stock up on forwards, and they did. But, you know, Seattle was providing a bunch of the D-men in Charlotte last year, and, and those guys are going. I think that this is a Charlotte signing, but there is a history between him and Paul Maurice. So, yeah, I think this was a Paul Maurice says, Hey, I want this guy. He's going to be good in the locker room in the AHL. And in a pinch, we can use him. If he's getting called up again ahead of guys like Matt Kierstead, and well, I mean, I would assume Lucas Carlson's going to start the year in the NHL, but if he's getting games over Kierstead and Carlson, I'm going to be very annoyed. I agree. Speaking of which, happy trails. Uh, Local boy, Chase Prisky, he's with uh, the Buffalo Sabres organization now. Right. Same. Best of luck uh, with Buffalo. So, Etu Lestarin is now the only remaining holdout from the uh, from the Trocheck trade. Right. Can we spend two seconds talking about that Trocheck signing with New York today? Maybe go in the on. ending. Let's talk about it in the ending. No, okay. Well, wait, why don't we just to... jump into it now? Well, is there anything else, Panthers, we need to talk about? I think we covered it all. Yeah, I mean... The only thing that I'll say is that, like, you know, Nick Cousins, fine signing. I probably would have rather they go for an offensive player just in hopes that, like, you get a slightly higher chance of getting that next for Hagee, Duclair, Marcheseau, et cetera. But overall, you can't really be upset with what they did. And, like, they didn't make any mistakes that will hurt them today. No. That's the, that's the one thing you can take out of today is they did not hurt their future today. The one mistake they made was something that they didn't do, not something that they did do. Correct. Opportunity and by the loss. way, Alex, what you just said is what I was talking about way earlier on when I said that this year you should play it a little conservative and then next year pick it back up. They didn't do anything that will hurt them long term today. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, I guess there's one Panthers thing we need to talk about. Uyghur was a subject of trade talks all day. He was linked to Ottawa a ton. Um, it, it just makes no sense. It makes no sense to trade Uyghur unless you're getting something that improves you now. Is this like a leverage play that's like the extension talks aren't going well? It's like the Ottawa thing wouldn't really make sense in that context because I feel like he'd be okay with going to Ottawa, but it's like, oh, we're shopping you around. Maybe you should sign this favorable contract that we're putting in front of you. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. But I, how much leverage – the Panthers don't have leverage there. Not Because really. if his, his other alternative is, no, I'm not going to sign this contract, I'll just go to UFA after the season and get fucking $8 million from someone. So let's get to winners and losers in the rest of the NHL today. And you wanted to talk about it. So let's start with a, uh, a loser, the New York Rangers, for signing a seven-year deal, signing Vincent Trocek to a seven-year deal. Alex, do you think that makes them a loser? I think so. I don't think it makes them a winner exactly, but I don't think that's that bad. It's, it's buyout proof. It's seven years for 5.6 AAV. That AV's not bad for a player like Trocek. Trocek's going to bring value to that team. For how long? Probably at least five of those seven. 
disagree. Trocek plays a hard game and he does not have the size to keep, to have the longevity. Remember, this is a guy who's been hurt a lot. Yeah, but he's really good when he's healthy. No, he is. But what I'm saying is that body is going to break down. Sure. And then you LTIR him. What's the big deal? (laughs) Fine. It's not a total win, but it's not a total loss at all. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Trocek's gonna be ready to go to LTIR in at 32 years old. He won't have a choice. If he's hurt, the team will put him on LTIR. But remember, there's there's hurt and there's injured. What I'm saying is his body is going to break down, but he's still going to be able slash want to play. I just don't think it's going to happen that fast. We'll see. Either way, I, I when I first heard Trocek to New York, I was like, oh, that's a great fit. He gets along great with Gallant. He's going to be a perfect line center for them who can play first line if necessary. And think and about then the I power saw, play, Trocek and Panarin together. Yeah. But then I saw the term and the money, and I was just like, e. The money is not bad. The term you can make an argument for, the money is not bad. Well, I, I think the money would have been fine if it was three or four years, but you gave him term and money. Normally when you give a non-premium RFA that, I'm, I'm sorry, non-premium UFA that much term, you got to deal with the AAV. They didn't get either. I think they did. You think Trocek was worth more than 5.6? Yeah. In the current market? Yeah, Totally. I'm pulling up the athletic here. All right. I've got a winner for you guys. I don't know if you agree with me here, but I'm going to say the Carolina Hurricanes are a winner. I like I them getting Max, Max Pacioretty. Yeah, that's true. That's a player that really could help them. I mean, he's got a killer shot, and they didn't have to give up anything. They get Dylan Coughlin in the deal. Yeah, they literally got him for cap space. I mean, the Brent Burns thing is kind of interesting. Like, he, he was pretty good last year, actually. It's only three years. It is kind of a hefty hit, and he's really old. But, like, you know, he's going to be motivated to chase a cop. He doesn't have a cop. I think that's a good fit for them. I think that at $5 million AAV, it's not nearly as bad as it was when it was $8 million AAV. But it's still, still a lot of money for a 37-year-old declining player. I got a loser for you. Okay. I think this is Detroit, Ben Sherratt. Yeah. Are you serious? Five years for Andrew Kopp. Five years, 5.6 AAV for Andrew I Kopp. have no fucking clue what Iserman is doing. If you're trying to tank for Connor Bedard, sign short deals. I, 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 there's no way that a guy is. Well, they're definitely Steve not. Eiserman. They're definitely, they definitely think that they are ready to push for the playoffs. Like, Steve Eiserman was so good at building Tampa. How does he turn around and turn Detroit into more of a tire fire? Yeah. Well, j- just to go back. Detroit, a bad team, a bad Detroit team got worse today. <laughs> okay. Just to make my point on Trocek, according to Dom Lucharz and whatever his last name is from The Athletic, Vincent Trocek's market value is $5.6 million, and they gave him $5.6 million. Like, you got no value up front. And no value at the back end of that deal. I just I feel like in the current market, Troach could easily capture six and a half or seven. Maybe. Either way. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Detroit, I think, is a loser. Winner today, who was it that got Burakovsky? Was it Anaheim? Seattle. 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 I thought Seattle did well today with Burakovsky. You know, I want to say that Seattle is a winner today, not just because they got Burakovsky for what was a very surprisingly cheap deal. They also didn't sign a horrible contract either. Like, you you kind of thought that they were going to be the team that gave Klingberg eight times eight, and it would just cripple their team. But they didn't do that. They didn't make a stupid decision, and they still can play with that cap space. So I've got a loser. Columbus signed Eric Goodbranson to a four by four. <laughs> He's built for tough. I, Gotta sign him like, to four by four. It makes <laughs> sense. Like for some reason, the identity of Columbus makes sense for Goodbranson, but that doesn't mean he's actually going to be worth $4 million for them. Well, remember, he is going to an organization where there's two people there who <laughs> almost pulled off trading him for Taylor Hall. And there are two people there who were instrumental in trading him for Jared McCann. The same two people, in fact. Yeah. That'll be a fun reunion. So, um, yeah, that will be a fun. That, that, when they cross paths at training camp and it's like, didn't you trade me? Yes, I, I I feel like that's not how that's going to go. No, yeah, it, that'll be water under the bridge. And I'm sure everyone will just like hug and be like, ah, hey, we have some good times in Florida. So uh, a winner also, I think, uh, would be Columbus. <laughs> Shocker of the day. Somehow they rose from the ashes to win the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes. Wow. It was like, it was, everyone was saying, yeah, Gaudreau to Philly. He's from the area, like he's Jersey. going to Philly. And then it was like, well, the Devils have kind of emerged as contenders, and also the Islanders are taking a crack. So you're thinking, all right, cool. So it's like, it's going to be a tri-state team. And then hours go by, and nothing on the Gaudreau front. Hours go by, no updates. And then out of nowhere, it's Gaudreau's going to Columbus. <laughs> what the fuck? And he took less money. Like, the offers, allegedly, the offers from both Calgary and the Devils were more money. He took a discount to go to Columbus. There's going to be a news conference tomorrow where I think we're going to get some sort of explanation whether or not it's uh, it really makes sense. Well, he's, That's he's, yet to be seen. He's going to say all the right things. Oh, Columbus is where I wanted to be. They got a good organization, young crew, great management, blah, blah, blah. And my but, buddy, Eric. Right. But the reality is, like, look, we, we kind of know why he left Calgary. Him and his wife are expecting a child. They wanted to be closer to home. The why he Which, didn't... It's still baffling to me, by the way, that Johnny Gaudreau has a pregnant wife because he still looks 14. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. But what's, what, what's baffling about all of this is, I mean, one, Philly played their offseason so horribly that they didn't have the money to offer Johnny Gaudreau because Chuck Fletcher is an awful general manager. And I just want to chime in and say that like my actual loser is Philadelphia. In perpetuity. Oh. Yeah, we're awful. We'll, get, we'll get into that after we finish Johnny Gaudreau. But like he turned down 10 and a half plus from New Jersey and he turned down I think it was somewhere in the nines from the Islanders two objectively better teams than Columbus right now. 
but he was just like, yeah, I don't want to be part of your organizations. That's shocking. And that is such an indictment on Lou Lamarillo and former Panther Tom Fitzgerald in New Jersey that you guys basically had Johnny hockey on a silver platter and he ends up in Columbus for less money. I mean, we're going to hear more about the story, but from what I read on, on Twitter earlier, and this is, I can't remember which, you know, blue check Mark said this, but like Johnny Gaudreau sought out Columbus. He was like, Hey, you guys have cap space. Do you want me? And Columbus was like, uh, yeah, I just, I don't, (laughs) I think we might, I don't get it. Why would anyone go to Ohio on purpose? I mean, you know, by the way, I hate Ohio. I, I'm, I'm just as confused as anyone else's. I have... Shout out Kyle Morrison. By the way, this is like the best unrestricted free agency signing ever? For Columbus or in general? At the time that it's signed? Like that's, that's great value for a top five player in the league this past year. Now, probably not top five player in the league. That's a really bold claim to make. But he was fourth in heart trophy voting. So, I mean, he had 100 plus points, gave you solid defense, better defense than Huberto. And didn't Stamco sign his deal as a UFA? He's, he's, he's undoubtedly he an elite player on the absolute upper echelon of players. Most teams in the league do not have a player as good as Johnny Goodrell. No, absolutely not. I don't know if he's yeah, top five. TJ, I, I would say that Stamco's eight by eight and a half. Yeah, but he was. I think TJ's talking about players who changed teams as a UFA. I th- that can count. That's still a UFA signing. There were rumors that Stamkos was going to go to Toronto. Yeah, there was a bidding war for Stephen Stamkos. That, that's a good. That's a good one to con- compete against. He did. If I'm not mistaken, I believe. Oh no, never mind. I am mistaken. I don't think Stamkos had one of his 60 goal Rocket Richard seasons on the eight and a half million contract. Yeah. They won those cups, though. But Alex, he did. You to they, say something? they did win three cups. Just because I have Dom's two cups. draft grade, uh, free agency grade still up. This is his his analysis for Erica Branson. Erica Branson signs four years, sixty million dollar deal with the Blue Jackets. It's, it's close. It's what the hell? Fit grade C, contract grade F minus, and his market value for Erica Branson was one point three by one. Yeah, and they like, gave him four by four. I don't want people to lose sight of at least my opinion of Erica Branson, which is that like he's actually a good third pairing defenseman. But good, th- even good third pairing defensemen don't get you in the neighborhood of four by four. Erica Branson is making more money than Mackenzie Weger. That is <laughs> unbelievable. I think. Hold on, let me double no, check. No, you are right. You are correct. Well, no, real money, I think Uyghur's getting like five million plus. Yeah, no, Uyghur's cap it is three and a quarter. <laughs> but his real money is like five point something. I don't care. I'm talking cap it. Yeah. Eric Goodbranson has a higher cap hit than, than Mackenzie Uyghur. <laughs> he also got four years. Mackenzie Uyghur only got three. Also, isn't Goodbranson like 30? Uh, he four was, years is a significant term. He was he's, third, he's he was third overall in 2010. So he's 30. He's yeah, 30. He's 30. He was, yeah. No, he's 30. I'm looking at it. He was nine, he's a 92. Um jeez. Like 
34-year-old Erickson Branson making $4 million to be an absolute pylon is going to be hilarious. That, that's absolutely the two craziest signings of this free agency. But it also is like two of the craziest signings the of best the like, and free worst agency of the 10 of the years. <laughs> absolutely insane. I love that the best and worst signings of the day came from the same team. Like th- uh, This is like pretty much unprecedented. And in, in at least what I can remember of being a hockey fan, being following the NHL, I cannot remember two contracts like this. Like Panarin comes to mind, I guess. That's sort of like what happened with uh, Gattrall, yeah, and, and I, I was thinking about using Panarin as, as an example of a good value signing, but like Panarin got what More he money. was worth. Yeah. Yeah. Panarin got like Also, he signed in, in Manhattan with the New York Rangers. Gaudreau signed in Columbus with the Blue Jackets, who did not make the playoffs last year and finished in eighth the year before. I just don't get it. <laughs> I do not understand. There's no getting it. It doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't know what the draw is there for Johnny Gaudreau. I, I, I'm guessing it's a guy who wanted to play in obscurity and just didn't want to be in New Jersey or Long Island. All right. What I want to do now God, is like Boone Jenner is still their fucking captain. Ugh. What I want to do now is uh, our favorite signings that we haven't already mentioned because I want to mention that I really liked Ilya Samsonov to Toronto for one like year one and one point eight million. Toronto is a bit of a winner today. They lost a few guys, but like they took a really interesting gamble on their goaltending. Yeah, I, I don't know about the Matt Murray thing. Like that'll play out the way it plays out, but this yeah, is a great buy low. I, I don't think Matt Murray works out for them, but I think they CYA'd really well with Samsonov. Well, yeah, that's like both of those signings are pretty low risk, and no, because, at least one of them has an opportunity to play out pretty well. Well, Murray still has two two years of term and a lot of cap for a team that's close to the cap. Yeah, but Ottawa retained. No, but it, even with the retention, it's still like five. It's million. still what four and a half. I think it's four and a half, right? Four point seven. Point seven. Okay. But that, but Murray was literally an AHL caliber goalie. Yeah, I guess that's a seasons. little bit more of a risk. You, you're you are a little bit betting that Murray can return to his Pittsburgh form, which he hasn't been even his last few years in Pittsburgh. True, but he was also injured and dealing with a lot of personal and family problems at the time. Yeah, I yeah. did want to say like. Toronto's a winner because, you know, that's a minor signing. And Ope Kubel, I didn't want to put that in my, like, winner's category. But I like that signing a lot. Was there anything in, in the same vein that you guys liked? I don't remember what else they did. I mean, Kulak back to um, back to Edmonton was a good sign, like 2.7 times 2, I think. Colorado did some nice little keepers yeah. with Manson and, uh, and Nachushkin. Colorado's also a winner. I think we can throw that out. Colorado's yeah. always a winner. Yeah, they they got they got their couple of uh, discounts. Yeah, I just it's going to be very interesting to see how Colorado dances around the impending McKinnon extension. Two point seven five by four for Kulak. Oh wow! Right now, better. right now, Nathan McKinnon is hands down the best contract in the NHL. Yep. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how how they deal with his extension. Have we talked about Nazem Kadri yet? So he hasn't signed. Notably anybody. unsigned, Nazem Kadri. I mean, 
it's, it's got to be the Islanders at this point, right? Because they have to they have to show their fan base something, and Lamorello what? has to do something. What was the but relationship like, between Nas and Lamorello in Toronto? Barzell, Brock Nelson, JG Padjo all signed there. And like Barzell's the only one that doesn't have term, and he's an RFA. So I yeah. feel like Barzell's not staying. But that's what I'm saying is like they're going to throw all of the money at Nazem Kadri, which would be very fitting for Lou Lamorello because Kadri's going to give them like a couple of years and then flame out. Yeah. The Stars still have $11 million in cap space? No, it's going to go to sign Dallas. Jake Ottinger. That's not going to take $11 million. That probably takes them out of the Kadri running, though. No way. There's no way Ottinger's going to make enough money to price them out of Kadri. Buffalo? Does that I don't sense? see why Kadri would want to go there. Up and coming. You could say that. <laughs> you could, but like, could you really? Not, not so convincingly. Yeah, I'd still say Buffalo is probably the seventh best team in their division. Uh, this will play out how it plays out, and I'm very curious to see how it will after uh you know today went the way that it went yeah uh by I the mean, way uh, another thing that i don't want to go the podcast without talking is frank petrano signing in anaheim we didn't mention that right no we have good for him yeah, yeah for he him. gets three years just like he signed with talon but uh a bit of a raise 3.65 million uh and the, the Panthers helped him get me. that contract it's fascinating to me that anaheim thinks that they're good I guess you got to fill out the roster somehow, but like, I mean, mm. there's a lot of teams who made baffling decisions. I mean, Ottawa thinks they're good. They made a lot of win now decisions and they're still not a top four team in the East. Ottawa is the fifth best team in the division. I would, th- I think, you think Detroit's good. better. I think they're better than Detroit now. No, Boston, Florida. Oh, that's right. Boston. Yeah. Boston. Tampa, Toronto, Florida. Excuse Boston. me. Yeah. Boston. Yeah. yeah. Then Ottawa. Then Detroit, Buffalo, right. and Montreal. Sorry, brain fart. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa spent a lot of capital and a lot of money to be the fifth best team in the big in the best division in the NHL. It's gonna be really funny when DeBrincat walks after this season. <laughs> oh, I want it to happen so bad. Maybe, maybe it's now because I'm bitter because of Drew, but I want it to flame out in Ottawa so badly. I'm, I'm praying on their downfall, and it's not even because of Drew. Just they're, they're was, just being actually, this is kind of best case scenario in terms of wanting Ottawa to flame out because they're probably going to be just good enough that they don't try and flip their pending UFAs at the deadline. Yeah. I mean, and then UFAs inevitably like, miss the playoffs and not get to benefit from said pending UFAs anyway. And then Art and Zub will be a Panther next year. Yeah. Yeah. For all the moves Ottawa made, they did nothing to fix that awful defense. They still only have one good defenseman. They're they're betting on James Zub is fine. Shabbat and Zub are fine. Shabbat is good. Is what's the deal with Brandstrom? Is he good yet? No, no. Uh, He's stuck in the AHL. That's a shame. He's played NHL games, but like doesn't really look any different from like uh, what was that guy in Montreal that was always a prospect? Victor Mete. Victor Mete, exactly who I'm thinking of. Actually, I was thinking of Romanov, but yeah. Mete, who ended up in Ottawa and then got not ten non tendered. 
Yeah. Uh, so along the lines of Kadri, some other interesting names that are still on the board. Honestly, if Ottawa manages to land Kadri, that might change the conversation a little bit. Um, Phil Ottawa Kessel, P.K. Subban, those are more just names. Nito Niederreiter, in terms of ability, is one of the more interesting ones. John Klingberg, I would love of it if the Panthers could pull Niederreiter somehow. They, they do not have no the money for it. but like at all. I'm a little surprised that Nino went day one without a, without a contract. Paul Stasny, uh, also surprising veteran center. Yeah. The, the the market for those is usually pretty good. Dylan Strom, less surprising to me. Has not signed anywhere. Uh, same thing with Sonny Milano. More surprising. Callie Yarncroke went for a second at the deadline. Hasn't signed anywhere yet. Hmm. Maybe he goes back to Nashville. Yeah, uh, Dimitri Yashkin got like three, three and a half million last year. Still hasn't signed anywhere. Three point two million. My mistake. I was misreading that. Um, Zach Sanford. That's another kind of interesting one. I'm I'm not super surprised that Sanford's unsigned after day one. Uh, one I'd be interested in if I had the roster space is uh, Zach Aston Reese. That's a very good defensive Ooh, forward. Yes, Zach Aston Reese is one of those like evolving hockey give him selkie votes because he always caps out the uh defensive war metrics yeah <laughs> but he's uh, not actually good enough offensively to turn heads matthias yan mark ryan murray those are some guys i mean robert haig we talked about him if you could give ryan murray like a one by one yeah i mean but they're the panthers aren't going to uh, so they, they, they have eight defensemen under contract and doesn't even include Kierstead. Right. Uh, True. Victor Mette, the aforementioned. Tyler Mott, I think, is going to get a significant deal. I'm not saying like five oh, by five. Significant. Like, yeah. Okay. I think he's going to get three years. Of He'll get days. a deal. <laughs> he could approach $10 million total. I wouldn't be shocked. I can't believe Niederreiter's still unsigned. Niederreiter is always one of those like super underappreciated forwards. Here's another He's, one. Nino, Nino Niederreiter is really good. Evan Rodriguez is a UFA. That I am fast. I kind of wish the see. Panthers prioritized trying to sign Niederreiter. That would I mean, have capped out our top going to get some sort of real money. Yeah, if, if, it, if it was a low salary deal, he'd be back in Carolina at a snap. Yeah. Uh, I think he wants some sort of money slash term. Because I agree, Niederreiter would have been a fantastic marksman. Or Hagee Barkov, Niederreiter. Oh. Sam Steele uh, was non-tendered. He could be kind of an interesting reclamation project. Hasn't looked very good, though. Uh, same thing with Dennis Chalowski. I like him for two reasons. Go ahead. One, his name. Two, his nationality. Alliteration. And uh, I think that we can leave it at this. Mark Pezik, bring him home. He's in the UFA. Home is Florida, not Buffalo, just home so you all know. Home is Florida. Bring him home. On his tiny tractor. I don't want to hear anything about how he's not a top four defenseman or not going to fit into the salary cap or roster picture. I don't care about any of that. I just want Mark Pesic to sign <laughs> with the Panthers. Make it happen. Where's my son? <laughs> all right, guys, where are they rating us five stars today? Well, considering today was free agency day, rate us five stars on 24-7 sports where college free agency happens. Yeah, we're five-star recruits. There we go. Until we go to Miami, and then we're four-star recruits. <laughs> That's one for you, Alex. I joke, TJ. All right, later, I everybody. understood that reference.
It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.